Hello, this is Revel, and you are listening to Rockin' Radio. For timeline clarity, this is February 2009, so do not be confused by events mentioned on this program. My guest today is chef, author, and entrepreneur, Matthew Kenny. Matthew is the author of Raw Food Books, Raw, uh, Raw Food Real World, Everyday Raw, and the soon-to-be-released Entertaining in the Raw, as well as the upcoming Everyday Raw Desserts. Welcome, Matthew. Thank you so much. Great to be here. Well, it's my pleasure because I've been uh, I've got three of your books, and I started with Raw Food Real World. And you know, I don't know if you know this, but anytime somebody goes onto a forum and says, what raw food books do you recommend? Raw Food Real World is always in the group. Oh, that's great. I appreciate it. Yeah, Everyday Raw is coming in second. It's it's running a good close. And wait till uh, Entertaining and the Raw comes out. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's amazing, a book. So, so Matthew, tell, tell us how you came. You're, you're traditionally, tra- a traditionally trained chef, no? Yes, I am. I um, went to the French Culinary Institute in 1989, 1990, and worked my way up in um, classic French and, and also Italian restaurants, and for a number of years cooked traditional, mostly Mediterranean-inspired cuisine. How did you get to raw? Well, it was a long path, but um, there were really two things working simultaneously in my personal life, which was going more and more healthy, and it wasn't even based on what I read, or, or it was just listening to my own inner voice, and I was craving and wanting more and more plant-based cuisine, um, even telling some friends of mine who thought I was you know, really crazy at the time because of my career, telling my friends that uh, I felt like I would be a vegetarian soon. and I, But I couldn't see how that might happen. But anyway, I had a career break, which was um, not by choice, but uh, because of you know economic reasons and my business having to be completely restructured. Uh, there was just a, it's a long story, but there was an opening where a friend introduced me to raw cuisine. I'd never heard of it other than a, a passing reference. And something, a light bulb went off and it, fit perfectly into my uh, professional and personal life at the time, and it dived right in. Well, I'm glad you did, because if you hadn't, we wouldn't be having these great books and all this great food. Oh, thank you. Because <laughs> I started raw about, I was introduced to it about 12 years ago, and it's nothing like it was then. I mean, when it was then, there was hardly anybody eating raw, and all of a sudden, this like plethora of books and I mean, I'm looking at your entertaining in the raw right now, and I'm, I had to look at it for, I think it was about three days before I actually made anything, because it is so luscious. It's, a, it's the most delicious book, and I know they're made to be used, but I hate to get it dirty. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, um, what, what does it take? You've opened a lot of restaurants. What does that take for somebody who's thinking about doing it? Well, there's so many different types of restaurants and so many different types of partnerships. Um, I'm, I just opened something in New York, and I'm working on a very big project right now in Oklahoma. And every every single project is different. It really depends on, you know, really who your partners are and what kind of condition the space is in initially. Some of them are very easy, but um, it really it ultimately takes a tremendous persistence and detail. Uh, 
orientation, um, vision. I mean, it really takes, it draws on almost every skill and every creative skill that a person can possess. I guess that's why I like it, because it's a constant, you know, process of creativity. So depending on what you're looking for, say you wanted to open a small cafe that would serve food such as what you've gotten every day raw, what would you look for as far as a restaurant to location? Let's just start with that. Well, um, they do, you know, the old saying is location is everything or 99%. And it's correct. I mean, I don't take that literally to mean that uh, it depends on, you know, which block you're on. I don't think that's as important. But the most important thing, and I tell this to everybody now, is to understand your potential audience. Um, So if you're located in the desert, for example, how far away do people live from you? Will they drive that far? Um, You really have to understand their their eating habits, how far they'll travel, how many nights a week they go out. Um, Because if the audience is not there, then it just doesn't matter what you do. And it's, you know, it can be a very painful process. So it's really a, an understanding of demographics. And um, and there's no, I don't really believe in formal market studies and relying on surveys and things like that. I really feel like you have to go with your instincts, talk to people who are in the area. And, you know, and and then the second part of it is knowing that you can get good products because this kind of food requires really top-notch products seasonal ingredients, local products whenever possible. So it's a combination of those two factors. If you have the demographic and you have the access to the product, I think there's always potential. Yeah, I've been to places where we look around and go, why would somebody even consider opening a restaurant here? Because it's just, uh, I mean, the area can be downtrodden, and that's the only good thing in the whole area, and it's jam-packed. Yeah, it's it's weird how that happens, but I, I noticed when, now that you're mentioning um, food and location, I was looking at your I, I don't know whether it was your blog, which is let me look up here. It's MatthewKennyLifestyle.com, which is his blog, and you said something about you were talking about how chefs should learn and you farm and nature-based culinary training and you said along with learning how to poach steam grill and roast culinary education will mandate extensive studies into the sources of all foods at least one semester shall be spent on a farm and for any chef who intends to cook poultry seafood and meats hands-on training for all phases of their procurement shall be required. I think this means that you need to cut the, kill the cow and kill the pig and stuff like that, right? Well, if you choose to cook it, I think you should. Um, I have, um, you know, had traditional culinary um, you know, businesses, mm-hmm. many of them still mm-hmm. do have one. And, um, but I also grew up in Maine hunting and fishing and um, with gardens and, you know, experience the seasons and understand every aspect of, um, of that process. And I think that these days there's such a disconnect even more than ever. And, um, I feel it's, it's extremely important that, you know, people really understand their, their product, what they're making, because if you don't understand its core essence, I don't know how you can really bring out its core potential. Yeah. That's one of the things I was, I was going to ask you is how does a chef figure out what ingredients go together 
And I think with you, just from looking at this book, Entertaining in the Raw, uh, which is going to be released, when is that going to be released, by the way? Um, I just got first cases of them yesterday. It will be, I think, publicly released on the 1st of March. Fantastic. Uh, but I'm wondering, how do chefs figure out what ingredients to go together? Because I made your summer squash pancakes, which were delicious, by the way. And I'm looking at all the ingredients, and I'm going, okay, squash, 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 flax meal. I got all this stuff. And then we have to add macadamia puree. And I'm like, whoa, how does this come in? And then pine nut parmesan. Okay, there's more. You know? And I'm like, wow, how did you figure this out? Well, um, you know, I guess the answer is some chefs never figure out what goes together, but a lot of them who, you know, really really are good studies, I guess, they figure it out in different ways. Some chefs work under one one great chef for many years, and they, they really sort of, um, you know, memorize that style and then put their own imprint on it. Uh, in my case, it's really based on travel and eating out constantly. Um, not so much anymore, but for many, many years, I would, my my life mission was trying all the best new restaurants and traveling, you know, extensively to pretty exotic places. So you learn you learn what goes together. And um, as far out as my food gets, and it does get pretty pretty far out and, and entertaining in the raw, it's still grounded in fundamental, um, you know, classical flavor combinations. It may not appear that way, but everything is grounded in the in the classics. So I just I don't go too far from. Uh, you know, traditional flavors, even though I may use a hundred different exotic ingredients to achieve them. So it's almost like a reverse process of um, of doing that. And that's I found that necessary for this kind of raw food. Entertaining in the raw is a, is a pretty extreme example, though, because it's a it's a very um, very much a creative expression. Oh, absolutely! It's, it's it's what when people talk gourmet, this is it. This is not an everyday thing, which is why you've got the book Everyday Raw, <laughs> which only has a few uh, a few um, ingredients in each recipe. But it's still they're very tasty and just amazing. Uh, we'll, we'll get back to that in a moment. Um, Matthew Kenny, go to MatthewKennyCuisine.com, and his blog is connected to his main website. But you got to go there and look at the pictures, read the stories, and be inspired. We'll be right back. Hello, and welcome back to Rockin' Radio. Please check out my newest site, Let'sTalkRaw.com, where your questions will be asked of our guests. we got a full lineup for January through June already. With a small one-time lifetime fee, you can participate in all the interviews by emailing your questions and receive my e-booklet, Let's Talk Raw, an unbaker's dozen of my favorite recipes. This segment of Rockin' Radio is sponsored by PhotoboothLosAngeles.com, the premier photo booth rental company in Southern California. If you know of or are holding an upcoming event, please consider having Photo Booth Los Angeles as part of the festivities. They're available for weddings, graduations, corporate events, reunions, anniversaries, and more. That's PhotoBoothLosAngeles.com. Follow me on Twitter.com slash Radio. My guest today is chef, author, and entrepreneur Matthew Kenny. Um, He's got a few raw food books out, which is w- what we're actually going to be focused on in this program. He does have some other cookbooks. But Raw Food Real World, Everyday Raw, soon to be released, Entertaining in the Raw, as well as the upcoming Everyday Raw Desserts. You can find them at MatthewKennyCuisine.com. Go there. Great website. 
You can purchase his books through uh, Amazon, especially. Uh, go to rockandradio.com, visit our site, help support this program. So I read you only have one cookbook, no raw books, Matthew? I don't. I do have some cookbooks stored away somewhere, but um, no, I don't have any raw books, actually. Um, looking around my office, and no, I don't have any. Uh, I've, got, I've got probably 60 or so. <laughs> so I, I made up for what you don't have there. <laughs> I've got them all. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, I, I really love flipping through them and, and um, really respect what other chefs do. I see some great stuff out there. Um, I just like to uh, work with a clean palate in my, you know, in my my mind, and makes it a little easier. Yeah, I understand. That's why I am with this show. I have people tell me, "Should I send you questions?" I said, "No." They said, "Well, you send me questions." No, <laughs> <laughs> I want to find out who you are. So, um, let me ask you something. Temperature ranges in the quote unquote raw food community. They say anywhere from one hundred and five to one hundred and eighteen. What's what, where do you go with that? Um, I go in both directions. Um, I think, um, you know, obviously staying a little below 118 is probably a good idea when you can. Um, but I also feel like at 118, not every, you know, internal temperatures are not always reaching that, that point anyway. Um, so, and just coincidentally, um, I consulted on the opening of a, a raw food restaurant in Winter Park, Florida this year that it's called Cafe 118, and I'm in development for a very large uh, raw food project in Oklahoma City, which is named 105 Degrees. So <laughs> okay, I, there you go. I really, what I do is, you know, I look at the range, basically, um, and, uh, you know, 105 Degrees is probably a great number if you can stay there, but, you know, up to 118, I think, is also fine. Okay. And... Um... I have to tell you, I'm, I made the eggplant bacon and the blueberry pancakes out of your everyday raw book. And even my husband liked the pancakes better than normal pancakes. Oh, that's nice. Well, you know, not not non-raw people don't always feel that way, but people who appreciate raw really do. Well, I, I gave them to people at a... Uh, meeting we had here, they didn't know they were not raw. I mean, they didn't, they didn't, they, uh, they thought they were cooked. Maybe thought they were just a little overcooked. Or something. <laughs> no, they, they loved them. They, they didn't realize they're actually undercooked. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, let me ask you, what, what's the difference between coconuts? Because I've been seeing the young Thai coconuts, and you use a lot of coconuts in your recipes. And so when you say, like, coconut meat, are you always talking about from the young Thai coconut, or are you talking about, I've been seeing these little stringy, like oval-shaped guys, and then, of course, there's the brown ones. Yes, I'm always talking about uh, young Thai coconuts. I, um, you know, occasionally use mature coconut dried for a couple of recipes, but not, not too often. And the green ones, I just don't have a lot of access to them, so I don't really put them in my recipes. Okay. And by the way, Cafe 118 is very popular as well, too. That's That's been talked about a lot. They're doing nicely so far. Yeah. So when are you coming out to um, Southern California? We need a, uh, another restaurant here on the east side. Um, where in Southern California? 
Well, we're over in Pasadena area. Everybody else is over on the west side by Santa Monica, Venice, uh, the beaches. But we need something on our side here. <laughs> yeah, I hear that often. I, I'm working my way out there. <laughs> yeah, you got to Oklahoma. What, what kind of restaurant are you going to have there? It's actually um, a really amazing project. It's a 3,500-square-foot uh, brand-new development, and it is a 65- um, or 70-seat-plus outdoor seating cafe, um, which will be a you know really upscale cuisine. Um, with a, It's a beautiful setting with an open kitchen, and um, it'd be... In the back of the restaurant, there is a shop, which will be 105 degrees shop, and it will also be an e-commerce site parallel to the shop. And finally, we have a small academy, about 1,000 square foot um, raw food culinary academy, which will offer a one-month basic training, and um, four times a year, we will have seasonal advanced level classes for three months. So um, it's a pretty ambitious project, probably the largest raw project I've ever been involved in. Wow. And how, how, much, how much do you put into this after, once it gets going? Are you still part of it, or do you, do you oversee it? Well, every project is different. Like some of my projects, I'm, I'm an owner, um, and some I'm not. Uh, Cafe 118, I had a lot um, to do with it during the development and the opening, and I'm still doing recipes, uh, adjusting the menus, but I'm not the day-to-day operator. But 105 degrees, I'm a full partner. And so I, at this stage, I'm designing the interior and the kitchen, um, developing the menus with my partners and uh, the e-commerce aspect of it. I mean, a number of things, but I will be, um, my, my company will be, you know, directing the operation. So I'll be very involved daily forever. It sounds to me, well, you say entrepreneur, and I, I know that an entrepreneur needs partners in order to make things a success. Are people coming to you now and talking to you about opening restaurants and creating things, or do you still have to look? Um, fortunately, I, I, um, after a long time, I worked for many years for it to be like this, but um, essentially now I create and I try to, you know, use my experience and and my energies to really do interesting things that are that are well run. And um, as a result, the projects are coming to me. I mean, people. Yes, I I get contacted about many different projects, and fortunately, I'm able to you know work with the ones that I get really excited about. That's very cool. So That's wasn't always cool. like that, but it is now. Well, that's great. I mean, you're not that old that, uh, you know, that from what your picture, you look quite young, actually. And so I'm impressed and I'm, pr- I'm glad for you. Um, so how, how long did it take you to write Entertaining in the Raw? This, this is a magnificent book. I have to say, I, I mean, it's just I'm sitting here looking at it now. I'm looking at my summer squash pancakes. <laughs> and uh, off the air, uh, Matthew told me that I'm the first one to make a, anything out of the book. So I'm, I'm privileged there, and I've got a few other things I want to make. But this is an amazing book. How, how did you choose to divide the chapters? Well, um, as creative as the book appears, and it is very creative and very artistic, um, I'm still a Virgo, and I think categorically, so, um, but in a creative way. So it's really a, a matter of um, you know, trying to define the inspiration. The, the book is all about inspiration 
from my inspiration in food. And the, cate- the chapters um, really define where that inspiration came from. And um, the names were, you know, they came about pretty easily, but they were also um, names that reminded me of dinners that I'd done over the years um, that might have had a theme. For example, um, you know, Revolution, I may have done a, a Cuban dinner and... Um, you know, the tagline for that dinner, the the promo that we used might have mentioned something about revolution. So I just held on to these mental notes, and um, it's a little hard to explain because I just sit down without much of an outline and start writing and then adjust and revise. But this book took about uh, almost two years to produce. Wow. It's an amazing book because when you look at it, there's so many like uh, vegetables and grape leaf dolmas. I mean, each page doesn't have just one recipe. It's got three or four or more. And then it goes back to other ones saying, go to back to page such and such and add this to it. This, this is, it's an incredible book. I'm just sitting here still in awe of it. It's gorgeously photographed too. You want to talk about the photographer for a moment? Yes, um, I would love to. Um, but I also wanted to just mention that that book, after I wrote it, I thought, wow, this is, there is a lot going on here. And oh, yeah. I tried to convey in, in the intro that the best way to handle that book is to just read it in your spare time. And once you get through it, really, um, by, the, by the end, there will be a lot of things you want to try, some you don't. But it's really, you know, a lot of information, but explained through recipes, as opposed to looking at them as follow this recipe exactly. It's not that kind of a cookbook, even though it might appear to be. It's, um, you know, there's a lot in there. So anyway, um, photography, I was fortunate to um, have met a photographer who was doing some work on her own. She was shooting some of my food a few years ago, and her name is Miha Mate, and she's based in Brooklyn. Um, she works only with film. She is really a, an artist. Um, I, I love working with her. She's incredibly detail-oriented, has a an amazing eye. I look at some of the shots that she takes and, you know, her camera captures things that you just, your eye will never see. So um, she's great. She did both of the the last two books I did and and hopefully she'll be doing um, Everyday Raw Desserts as well. Well, I hope so because these these are outstanding photos. And uh, we'll be back with Matthew Kenny in a moment. Remember, just go to, while you're listening to this, just check out... uh, MatthewKennyCuisine.com or MatthewKennyLifestyle.com. His blog is amazing. You're a great writer as well as everything else. You're just an amazing guy. <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> Hi, this is Revel. We're back with Rock and Radio. Please take the time to check out my websites, revelations.com, where you can sign up for my weekly revelations. When you do, you'll receive my latest ebook. Find out about my teleclasses or my books, Revolutionize Your Life in 30 Days, a self empowering playbook, and Smoothies and Smoothies for Life, and also books I recommend from Amazon and more. Remember to surrender to the blender for optimal health. Uh, this segment of Rock and Radio is sponsored by popsproductions.com, where you can find classes on web servers, web 2.0, social media, links to great money-saving online resources, and more. Find out about their latest online and live classes to improve your relationship with the Internet at popsproductions.com. Uh, follow me at twitter.com slash rockandradio. And also, I've got very cute clothing depicting the raw food lifestyle at Cafe Press. 
slash revelations, two V's, two L's. Uh, my guest today, raw food chef, author, entrepreneur, Matthew Kenny. His website's Matthew Kenny. Kenny is K-E-N-N-E-Y. So let's do the whole thing. Matthew, M-A-T-T-H-E-W. K-E-N-N-E-Y cuisine.com. It's all one word. MatthewKennyLifestyle.com. Lots of good writing. There's also a um, a recipe there for raw mochi. You got to go there. You got to make it. His stuff is great if you've not tasted his food. It's just incredible. Um, so what else you got going on? You've got something called Spice Works, Matthew. Yes, that's... Um... That's a. Uh, I was contacted by somebody a couple of years ago um, who was importing a lot of organic and free trade spices from all over the world, and he um, he knew that I'd incorporated a lot of spices into my cuisine for many years. I made some trips to Morocco and Istanbul, and I've always used a lot of spicing and exotic ingredients. So he felt like it would be the company would benefit from being a chef-driven company, so that we could ultimately incorporate the products into our other work. So it's a long, slow-moving process, um, slower than some of my others, and um, it, that's really the stage it's at. A lot of the sources are, are aligned, but the, um, the details, the structure of the company, we haven't really finalized everything in the packaging or you know, branding and all that. It's not done yet. But everything you use in your book is not specifically 100% raw stuff, right? Um, no, I mean... I mean the little things like some of the some of the uh, say the spices or I think your book still uses maple syrup. Am I correct? I do, and I, you know there's so many different opinions on that, but I I continue to use it. Um, you know it's um, it's something I really believe in. I don't feel like it, it's adversely affecting us, and um, especially with gourmet raw, you know I use it. Don't really make any excuses about it i just you know just continue to so well, well let me ask you something because on your ice cream cones you use maple syrup as opposed to say agave is there any particular reason you would use that instead of agave is there a yeah. flavor thing or something no it's texture the agave for some reason with that recipe um it stays uh it doesn't crisp the way the way i would need it to and um you know i just did, i felt like it was compromising the recipe too much to mm-hmm. use it okay and nutritional yeast, is that a baker's yeast? Because I, um, I don't understand. I've tried to find nutritional yeast at the uh, stores, and the only thing I've come up with, I think, is called baker's yeast. Oh, really? I've never seen it uh, called that. I mean, I always buy it as nutritional yeast in the in the health food markets. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, I guess it's... Uh, I, I don't know. Most people use it... You know, it's a good supplement for vegetarians, obviously, because it's got, you know, 18 amino acids and... Um, it's a good source of B12. Sure. They, they, they actually say it's similar to brewer's, brewer's That's yeast. That's what I meant, brewer's yeast, yeah. Yeah. Not so they may brewers. call it that. I've never seen it called that, but it, it, it's similar, but I don't think it's exactly the same. Okay. That's what I've gotten is brewer's yeast, and they call it a nutritional yeast, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I can't find the other one. But I guess, you know, we don't use that much, so it doesn't matter. And it's just uh, it's basically a flavor and a texture thing, right? It's a flavor thing. Um, you know, it's... Like I said, yeah, it's it's also what it has in it. Um, that's the probably raw foodists may never have started using it if it weren't for the fact that you know it does contain 18 amino acids uh-huh. and it's a complete protein. Um, so, you know, I think probably by default raw foodists started to use it, and it happens to taste great. I'll put it on salads sometimes. 
Yeah, you just sprinkle it on, gives a taste of cheese, right? Yeah, it's really, it's just that salty sweetness. I don't even know what it is, but it's very good. Now, when you go for something like, uh, something that uses cashews, do you go for the 100% raw cashew, or do you just, as long as it says raw in the package? You know, nuts are getting very tricky these days. Yes, um, they are. <laughs> um if I can, you know, I can, if I, if I can, if I'm in New York and I have access to products that I know are, are definitely strictly raw, then I'll buy them for mm-hmm. myself. Um, but I can't specify that in the books because a lot of people can't even find coconuts. So, I mean, I, I get emails every single day about some ingredients that I take for granted because I live in New York, and um, or most of the time anyway. So, you know, the books themselves, I just sort of, make it a little less stringent for people. Yeah, that makes sense. And if they want to go for some uh, um, something, you know, stay whole, totally whole, raw, organic, then they can do that. So it's a choice. That's great. Uh, I see you've got something out about chocolate coming soon. Yes. Um, Talk to us about chocolate. Well, I love chocolate, and I actually love raw chocolate. I mean, I know there are some people that think, oh, raw chocolate's not... You know, not as good. It's not as tasty or whatever. I happen to love it. Um, I just think it's, you know, it's great. So I am um, working on a raw chocolate brand, which, um, you know, it's it's in development. Um, we're testing and tasting. And um, it's it's really exciting. I, I don't know. I love it. It's something that, you know, I, I really am into and I believe in, and I think there's a big market for it. Um, it's a little different than a lot of the raw chocolate brands. They're not. It's not really based on superfoods. It's more. Um, it's definitely esoteric ingredients. You know, bergamot and different teas and tea powders and things like that will be flavoring them. But um, uh, I, I'm hoping it's going to be something different that people will like. Well, I hope so too, Matthew. Thank you for your time. Thanks for having me. It was really nice talking to you. You're very welcome, and I wish you well in all your projects, and I hope to see you soon in Southern California creating a restaurant here in Pasadena. <laughs> there's people asking for it here because there's there's really nothing raw or even really vegetarian healthy in Pasadena area. And uh, they're opening new areas here, and people are and they're asking what people want, and I was surprised to see so many emails saying, we want something healthy. And so... Anytime you can make it out here, we'd love to have you. Great. I appreciate it. I'd love that. All right. Don't go away. MatthewKennyCuisine.com. And check out his blog, Matthew Kenny Lifestyle. There's a lot of stuff. Plus, there's that, that recipe for the mochi, which I've got to make. I love mochi, so I have to make it. And go right now to register for letstalkraw.com. Thank you for listening. We'll be back with another episode of Rockin' Radio. Please feel free to go to rockinradio.com to purchase books and DVDs by all of my guests to help keep this program on the air. If you'd like to advertise on or sponsor this program, please contact me at rockinradio at mac.com. My engineer is Bo Astrup. I'm Revel Revity saying, remember to revel in life and always play with your food. Bye for now. Bye for now.